Blog Talk Radio. Urban Glory Radio, simply glorious. In spreading the gospel to the world, we have designed a streaming radio broadcast for every believer. This word, worship, and witness-filled broadcast streams live every week. Access episodes on demand 24 hours a day. Subscribe to our iTunes podcast and take UGR wherever you go. Visit us online at urbanglorycampaigns.webs.com. Also find us at twitter.com backslash urban underscore glory and like us on Facebook. Enjoy today's broadcast. Well, good evening. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I was glad when they said, let's be the church. We are the church, the pillar and ground of truth. Amen. And so I am delighted to be with us today. And I am confident that the word of God is going to work and transform us from the inside out. I've seen... Things in the spirit that are, are, are so delightful that I'm just eager and aggressive in engaging this dialogue today. And so we study God's word systematically. Um, if you have a notebook, get a notebook out, get a pen out, write these scriptures down, and write the points down, and you will be blessed. We're going to deal with a, dis, uh, a discussion that's going to amp up to our octave. Um, our coming series, and I want you to pay close attention to the words that I'm using for this very matter. Now, I'm waiting for my confirmation of the sound to make certain that it's going well, and I got my confirmation that we are, are well today, and we are believing God for a great time in the Word. I have a little more time today, so let's pray and not delay. Get right into the Word of God and study the Word of God systematically. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you and praise you for this day, knowing that this is the day that you have made. We rejoice and are glad. We thank you for another opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. It is the authority of your word that gives me confidence to make boldly known the mysteries of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I therefore lean and depend on the Holy Spirit as that educator and guide that gives me clear articulation of speech and deliberation of thought as I make manifold known the wisdom of God. Holy Spirit, I say, have your way. Do what only you can do. Anoint the people ears to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. And Father, in everything that shall be accomplished and be revealed tonight, you be glorified. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we do praise you and give you glory in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Our affirmation today is simple, and that is, I house within me the Spirit of the living God. And because I and belong to God, and I have the Spirit of God, I can reign in fellowship with God. My fellowship with God increases uh, me. It intensifies my intimacy with him, but it also initiates a greater reality called the kingdom of God. And so for this lesson, I want to begin a, a one-part message called Comprehending the Progressiveness of the Kingdom of God. Comprehending the Progressiveness 
of the kingdom of God, and it is to stir uh, your soul uh, to reaffirming, reaffirming the reality and the potential, the potential in releasing yourself into the kingdom of God. And as we go through the scriptures today, please write them down and listen carefully and intently that God has a reality and, a, and an established reality that is so far beyond what we see with our natural eyes that if they had understood what Jesus' process was on the earth to establish the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven, they would have never crucified him. They would have never allowed him to finish his work. But he finished it once and for all. And if we as the children of God take opportunity to accept it and adapt our lives to what it takes to achieve it, we will experience an advancement within our reality that will take us places no man can take us. And the only thing we could do is lift our hands and say, to God be all the glory. But first we must comprehend it. I like a teaching that I say it's impossible to rethink if you've never thought. The Bible says, come let us reason together. God wants to invade your mental capacity, uh, cause your soul to submit to the will of the Spirit so that you can set a, set a pace ahead in life. Because the natural man receiveth not the things of God, neither does he know them, because they're spiritually deserved. So in everything, we are still advancing and engaging and acknowledging and awakening the force within us that we house in us. It is the Spirit of God that enables us to live the Christian life. It is the Spirit of God that empowers us to be a witness, and it is the Spirit of God that equips us with what we need to experience as God's goodness in the land of the living. Don't you know that God not only is your God, but God has a plan, and in that plan unlocks your purpose, your potential, your, his provisions, his promises, and, and his precepts, and all of those things are are, are um are hidden until you release yourself to the supernatural so he can reveal it by his spirit. And God, the things which God has prepared for those whom he loved, for those whom he did foreknew, he predestinated them to become formed to the image of his son. So we have, we have, we house within us the very thing it takes to experience a greater reality. Too many people are robbing their their lives of the potential and the power that is needed to transform their life. But today, if you hear his word, harden not your heart and turn from your wicked ways, glory to God, you will experience this reality in which I'm talking about, comprehending the progressiveness of the kingdom of God. Our foundation text is found in Hebrews chapter 12. Remember, Hebrews is a law case written to, written scholastically, more advanced, more sharp. Some people say it was Paul. I believe it was counterparts of Paul who followed Paul and, and embraced the theology of Paul, but then qualified some things very, um, uh, very intelligently, especially when it comes to Judaism, uh, acknowledging the superiority of Christian theology over the, the Jewish customs in the land. So when 
the church, the book of Hebrews was written, it was re- written as a scholastic appeal to engage a, a greater comprehension of what exactly Jesus, see, he was superior to Moses, the law, to um, the tabernacles, to all those those things. But we come to this chapter in chapter 12, uh, which is familiar to the text, but it, 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 it reinforces the reality of the kingdom. It says, wherefore, seeing we also can pass about a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which thus so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus. What is he, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down on the right hand of the throne of God? For he can consider him that in um, that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your mind. See, this is a comprehension that you need to understand. Ye have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin, and ye have not forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as children. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chastens, he corrects, and scourges every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure, hallelujah, chastening God dealeth with you as sons, for some, for what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if ye without chastisement, wherefore all are partakers, then ye are bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have we have have fathers in the flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be subject to the father of our spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure. But he for our profit that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Hallelujah. Nevertheless, after it yielded forth the peaceable fruits of righteousness unto them which is exercised thereby. This is a lot. It's loaded and I don't have time to give you because I'll get lost in this breaking this down. But I believe by the Spirit of God you can pick up the context of this. Wherefore, lift up your heads, ye hang down, and feeble knees, and make straight the path of your feet, lest ye, um, which, um, which is lame, be turned out of the way. But let it rather, but let it rather be what healed. Follow peace with all men, holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, lest ye fail from the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you. And thereby many be defiled, lest there be any fornicator or profane person, or um, as as, um, Esau, who for a morsel of food sold his birthright. Don't sell your birthright, saints. For ye know that afterwards, when ye would have inherited a blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. Now he's giving you insight. For ye have not come unto the mount. Um, that might be touched or burned with fire, nor of blackness, nor of darkness and tempest, and a sound trumpet, and the voice of the words, which is the voice of they which entreated that the words should not be spoken to them uh, anymore. For they could not endure that which was commanded. So this is talking about when God used to reveal himself on the mountain. 
the, the strongest voice of God now is the written word of God. They didn't even have the written word of God, but at this time, he was saying their relationship changed because when they experienced and encountered God, they encountered it with natural fear. You get what I'm saying? To the point that even Moses was scared. For they could not endure that which was commanded. If it be so, it must just touch the mountain. It shall be stoned and thus with a dart. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I am exceedingly fear and the quake. So when, when God first revealed himself, they were scared. But ye have come unto Mount Zion a spiritual place, a spiritual house offering spiritual sacrifices with the fruit of your lips unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, into an immeasurable company of angels to the general assembly, the church of the firstborn, which is written in heaven, and to God to judge all and the spirits of the just men, men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a newer covenant, New, of the new covenant and the sprinkling and the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than of Abel. Glory to God. See then that you refuse not him that speaketh. He's talking about Jesus. For if they escape, if they escape not who refused who, who refused him that spake on the earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth, but now hath promised saying, yet once more, I shake not the heaven and earth only, but also heaven. And this word, yet once more, signified the removing of those things which of that are shaken. I had to read all of this so you can get the revelation. Things which cannot be shaken may, may re remain. Wherefore, we are receiving what? A kingdom which cannot be moved. Let, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for God is a consuming fire. There's a potential in the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God awaken us to the relevance of the gospel. It acknowledges the necessity of dependence upon the Holy Spirit, and it affirms our confidence in hearing God. How do we hear God? Through the scripture, through our senses, through situation, through spoken to seasoned saints, but here, sitting in a local church, the church of the firstborn, we are partakers. We are the church, the pillar and the ground of truth. And how do we exist as a church? We rely upon the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit descends and gives gifts to men, and we are edified and exhorted and comforted in knowing, glory to God, Ephesians 4 references those gifts from, four, from verses 12 to 21, and it lets us know that these gifts create a reality, and it's called the kingdom of God. Now, let's engage this study in the kingdom of God. Let's go to Psalms chapter 103. Hallelujah for the word. Psalms chapter 103. Glory to God. This is our Old Testament passage. I love these chapters, and unfortunately, the Lord told me to read all of it, you know. But um, for this one, I'm going to read in context 15 through 22. Glory to God. Psalms 103, 15 through 22. Great time in the word. Hallelujah. Now, the scripture says this. Now, this mankind, amen. Hallelujah. The scripture declares this. As for man, his days are as grass, as the flower of the field, so that he flourishes. For the wind passeth over it and is gone, and there is no place that shall know it no more. 
but the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear. What what does fear mean? Reverence him and his righteousness unto children, to such as his keep his covenant, and to those who remember the commandments to do them. The Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excelleth in strength, that do his commandments. Hearken unto the voice of the word. Glory to God. And it also lets us know in this passage, not only do they hearken to the voice of the world, but bless ye the Lord. Hallelujah. It says, bless ye the Lord. Amen. I'm sorry, my 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 script here just blanked out on me. It's all right. We got it. It says, it says, bless ye the Lord. Lord have mercy. I just wanted to give, and, and of course it leads to the word of God because the word of God reveals the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. Amen. Now, just mark that down as your Old Testament passage. So, listen, it awakens the relevance that the, these things, uh, when comprehension is an insight on the kingdom of God, it awakens, it awakens the relevance of the gospel. Number two, it awakens the necessity of the dependence upon the Holy Spirit, and it affirms our confidence in hearing the voice of God. Hallelujah. Now, let's get into the theology, the God logic behind the kingdom of God. Now let me give you these five scriptures so you know them. Matthew six thirty three, John three six, uh, John three three through six, <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, Matthew nineteen, uh, Matthew yes, Matthew nineteen verse twenty four, Luke eight verse ten, and Luke nine verse twenty seven. Okay, let me give it to you one more time. Write them down. Matthew six thirty three, John three three through six. Matthew 19, verse 24, glory to God, amen, and then Luke 8, chapter, verse 10, and, and Luke 9, 27, how are we doing on time, glory to God, we're going pretty good, can we go a little deeper in the things of God, now, now before I go into those passages of scriptures and give you the theology, whenever we talk about theology, we are talking about a, a God logic, how God thinks about a matter, how God engages uh, a, a perspective of thinking and thought. Glory to God. But in addition to that, um, we know that when the kingdom of God is is revealed, it is revealed in mystery, and it must be translated by revelation. And revelation awakens a dependence upon the Holy Spirit to reveal it. So the parable of the growing seed in Mark 4, the parable of the mustard seed in, in Mark 9, and the parable of the banquet in Luke 14 all give us a depiction of how the kingdom of God uh, uh, is awakened in our lives. And we must understand as believers, glory to God, that, um, that we are given a mandate from the Lord um, to progress in the kingdom of God. 
See, a seed doesn't come out. First of all, we when we look at a seed, we're not looking to get a seed out of it. We're looking to establish and get a, a get fruit out of the seed, or get something greater than the seed. But in order for you to get what is great or lock within the seed, you have to let it be planted and grown. And that's what the that's what the reality of the kingdom of God does. Where is it planted and grown? In our hearts. That's what Mark four reveals. The different soils, uh, the different types of soils, is how we receive the word of God. But the, the word of God is tested. But we must go through these scriptures and understand, first of all, the priority of the kingdom of God. And, of course, we, we know the priority of the kingdom of God is first found in Matthew six thirty three. Matthew six thirty three. What does it say? It says, seek first the kingdom of God, right, and, and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. It's the priority of the kingdom of God. Now let's go to a scripture that we don't necessarily go to all the time to establish our uh, premise for establishing the kingdom of God. And I want to explain that a little bit. Let's go to John chapter 3, and let's read verses 3 through 6. And it says this, Jesus said, now this is Jesus, Verily I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Of course, this is a story of, 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 of Nicodemus coming to him inquiring about how he can uh, uh, establish the kingdom of God in his life. He said, listen, these things are spirit. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. You must learn the distinction between what is your spirit and what is your flesh. That's the premise of the kingdom. Let's go on for time's sake back to Matthew, and let's look at the 19th chapter. Matthew the 19th chapter Glory to God And let's look at verse 24 This is a very powerful uh, passage It says And again I say This is Jesus saying It is easy for a camel To go through an eye of a needle Now when I was little I used to think About a needle of thread And a camel trying to go through it <laughs> Then for a rich man To enter into the kingdom of God What is letting you know You can't go any old kind of way into the kingdom of God. It is telling you that the kingdom of God is established through process. Hello? Once we prioritize it, we establish a premise for it, but it requires a process. And the process can't go through pride. It can't go through selfish ambitions. You can't take nothing in it, and you can't take nothing out of it. You got to go through the way everyone else goes through, and that is through the power of the Holy Spirit. Then let's go to Luke chapter 8. Hallelujah. I love the word, and I love giving the word because the word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And once we know the word, it's the word that will cause the way to be established. And God will light the path of the word for you to lock into that word, and all you have to do is obey. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will free from you. But then also God will give you grace. He will give you the power to achieve exactly what he wants you to achieve. Glory to God. So in Luke chapter 8, hallelujah, the word of God is speaking to us today. In verse, in verse 10, it gives another facet of the kingdom of God. It says in verse 10, and he said unto them, this is Jesus, unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, that seeing they may not see and hear they might not understand. 
Now listen, he said that the parable is this. This is the Mark 4 um, parallel church, um, uh, version to this. The seed is the word of God. Remember I told you that that the, that often if you ever want to listen to the link of the mystery of the seed, it's based on the proclamation of the word of God and its effect on your heart. So when God looks at the seed, he's looking at how the word works through you. Does the word of God change you from the inside of God? Have you allowed the word to have preeminence? Have you allowed the word of God to process you? Have you made the word of God a priority? Hallelujah. Because it is that atmosphere, it is those characteristics that awaken the kingdom of God. This is God's perspective on it. And then let's go to the ninth chapter. Glory to his name. I love the word. And the word works. The word works. Uh, uh, let's look at the 27th verse, hallelujah, of the ninth chapter. This is Jesus speaking again. He said, but I tell you the truth. There are some standing here that shall not taste death till they see the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God has the power to show you what life is all about. There's a reality greater than the natural. It's the supernatural. It's the place where God exists. It's the presence of the Holy Spirit in effect in your life. And when you allow the Holy Spirit to have a true access to you, you will have a priority, a premise, a process, a proclamation, but ultimately you will have power, power to even withstand death, power to look death uh, death and hell in the grave because you know that once you're in the hands of the Lord, no one can pluck you out. When you comprehend the kingdom of God, whether you are in the flesh or out of the flesh, you know that where the kingdom of God is, there is a king, and the king is God, and the king and maker of the heaven and earth is God, and if I be in him and he be in it, be in me, his will is achieved, and I can do what I need to do to experience his quality of life. In earth, on earth, after earth, when we come back to earth, whatever time period, God has the power. Hallelujah, to bring about this reality. And some of us will not see death until we feel and experience the full effect of the kingdom of God. And then we'll say, I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. I finished my course. I'm entering into the reality, the joy, the abundant 